Hey, hey, y'all. Welcome to another episode of The Great Overthinker with me, your host, Jazamar. Today has been um, a very busy day, so I'm very happy to sit down and have a conversation with our guest today. We have not had a full, full conversation in over 10 years, <laughs> so we'll see what happens. But um, without further ado, welcome to the show, Devin. Hi. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm excited to be here. How are you? I'm very good as well. Uh, we were talking earlier and I was telling you that I was getting over a little, you know, sickness thing. Mm -hmm. I don't have COVID, so that's good. I got tested and all that stuff, but you know, my sound, my voice might be a little different, but you know, I'm here and I'm ready. Um, cool. So, you know, before we learn a little bit more about you, uh, can you, are, are you ready to spin the wheel of randomness? Yes, I am. I'm very excited. Yeah. Okay. You can spin <laughs> whenever you're ready. Okay. Uh, All right. It landed on Thank My Mama. Oh, Thank My Mama. All right. So Thank My Mama is... A will of randomness extra that we have that basically you create an award mm-hmm. or whatever you want and you give an acceptance speech. So <laughs> it could be a real award, yes. you know, it can be a Grammy or an Oscar, or you can make mm-hmm. up the award. And the thing that you're winning it for can also be made up. So have okay. fun with it. But it's also kind of time, so you can't be up there for like 10 minutes, you know. Okay. Yeah. I will stop when I hear the music. Right. Um, so, <laughs> so I'm going to go with a real award. I'm going to go with an Emmy um, because I'm currently writing a television pilot. Yeah. And so speaking. we're going to use this opportunity to like manifest this shit into the world. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to, let's see, it's going to be for like... Uh, best writing or whatever the actual thing is. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I don't know if you've seen that um, video of Snoop Dogg where he's like, I want to thank me. Um, right. <laughs> no, I haven't seen it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love, it love it. I love it. So like, I'd like to thank my uh, family and friends and community because they've been so supportive uh, in helping this show become a reality. Um, and it's, you know, it's it's entertainment and it's part of media, but it also is giving a group of people um, a voice who may have felt like they didn't have one before. Um, and I'd also like to thank myself for doing some really hard work, for pushing through some imposter syndrome, for uh, getting on to Google University and figuring out how to write a script and uh, and and continuing through all of the no's and the fears and um, and remembering that um, it's just one one step at a time, the next right thing. So yay, thank you. <laughs> 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 That's my made up music. <laughs> I love it. And then you, it sounds and then you have very to get confused. Accurate. Yeah, and then you have to get which confused. Which way to go? Which way? Yeah. <laughs> oh, this way? Okay. We're going to go this way. Sorry. I didn't know, y'all. I didn't know. <laughs> That's so funny. Okay, so I'm going to do one because I've never done this before. So we're going to do a made up one. Okay. And of course, you know, it won't be a surprise what I say. So we're mm-hmm. going to go with. Um, 
Thank you all for giving me this Beyonce, Brandy, <laughs> Michael Jackson, Whitney, Sammy Davis Jr. Entertainment Entertainer of the Year Award. Yes. Um, it's been crazy, you know? Like, <laughs> I like to thank my family. I like to thank God. I like to thank myself, as I heard mm -hmm. someone else say earlier. Um, <laughs> And I like to thank, you know, my support team mm -hmm. and all of y'all who have believed in me and my dream. I love y'all forever. Thanks. Have a great night. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which way to go? Oh, this way. Thank you. <laughs> Hilarious. Oh my gosh. Thank you for playing that. That was so good. We got to do that again at some point because yes. that's hilarious. <laughs> yes. So um, now we're going to get into just who is Devin. Like I said earlier, I'm going to do a little preview too, but, you know, Devin and I worked together in college. Uh, it was my first college job. Me I, too. I don't know if you know, but I like, that was the only job I wanted. I remember knowing, mm. like, I didn't really know what work study was at that mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. So I just like, I saw it and I was like, here's the amount of money you have in work study. And I was like, okay, cool. I don't know what that is. November yeah. comes and they're like, if you don't use this work study, you're going to lose it. And I was like, okay, hmm. well, let me apply to the bookstore. And I didn't really apply anywhere else. And I kept going back and I kept going back and I kept going back and they eventually hired me. So I was nice. there all four and a half years. And I met Devin. <laughs> Yay! And I actually applied, I think, the day that I went to campus and, like, officially said I'm going to SC and, like, rang the little bell. Like, I went to the bookstore that day and asked about jobs. So, like, the summer before starting freshman year. And I yeah. also was there all four years. You got to speak it. Like, this is what this is what I want to do. So, here we go. <laughs> yep. Here we are. <laughs> cool. So, yeah, I just want to give a little... Um, you know, preface to who is Devin, but yeah, you know, who are you? Let us who know. am I? Um, so I am a storyteller. I do a little bit of modeling and writing. I live in New York City now, um, but I'm originally from the LA area, which is where we met. Um, and I, some random things about me. I love musical theater. Absolutely love it. Uh, I um, just got into biking over the whole pandemic and it's been like the greatest joy. It's kind of like, it felt like it saved my life um, wow. at the beginning of this, like of the craziness of pandemic, like it gave me the opportunity to like get out and get some air and, and exercise. So um, I love my bicycle. She has a name. Her name is Rain. Um, mm. And <laughs> and yeah, I run uh, support groups for people who are herpes positive. I tested positive in 2015. And a lot of what I do is just trying to get share my story. And um, so people know that they're not alone in, in struggling with whatever shame or stigma um, comes up when... Uh, they learn about their status. And like I mentioned earlier, I am writing a television pilot uh, called, it's called Duck, I Have Heroes, which is like a, an autocorrect fail. <laughs> um, oh, <laughs> love it. <laughs> yeah. And I just, you know, I, the, the, the 
story of herpes like in media now is usually just like a one-liner joke or it's you know very uh, unilateral so I just wanted to kind of color that in a bit with like real human experiences so that's me in a nutshell Yo. yes I'm so excited you know I'm mm-hmm. glad you um, obviously you're telling who you are but I think that goes a lot into you know what we're going to talk about today mm-hmm. I think you have a lot of good insight into it so I'm really excited about that um, before we get started, of course, I got to ask you, are you an overthinker or nah? <laughs> <laughs> I am. And it's funny because I've been in therapy since uh, t- spring of 2015. And I have said numerous times, like, it's exhausting in my brain, like the way I go through and I'm like analyzing and just all of that sort of stuff, it can get exhausting. And mm-hmm. it wasn't until I saw the title of your podcast that I was like, oh, that's what I am. Overthinker, that's what's happening. Um, So it gave me like new language for um, just the way that I am in the world. Um, Neither, you know, good thing or bad thing, but just like, oh, that's nice to have a word for. (laughs) Yeah. It's just so funny how normal it is. And then when you talk Mm -hmm. to people about it, they're like, oh, yeah, I do do that. Is this normal? But yeah. also there's, I mean, there's different levels of it, too. Again, there's sure. like debilitating overthinking and then there's like, oh, I'm just overthinking a certain topic. So, yeah, I love, you know, so far the people who've been on the show has had a, a pretty big range of how they overthink. So mm. I kind of want to share that as well. So, you know, again, that's why I'm excited you're on the show because you get to you know provide your you know perspective and share yeah. with us today. So, yeah. So now we're going to get into our overthought. And we were talking a little bit before about, you know, what we want to talk about for the show and the topic of shame came up. And, you know, we briefly talked a little bit about it in our DM conversation. Mm. I'm like, oh, my, there's so much stuff here. And I'm like, (laughs) why haven't we talked about this sooner? I know I don't have that many episodes, but like, I don't even think about shame that much um, mm. going into the topic so the, the overthought <laughs> of today is the shame effect that's what i'm calling it and nice. it's basically you know the effects of shame on our lives how do we navigate shame is shame thrown up on us do we just receive it where does it come from mm. and you know does it contribute to our overthinking and even just our way of life so you know, there's a lot of different avenues we can go with that. But, you know, I did want to start off by having some formal definitions because, like I said earlier, I didn't really think about shame. And then in our conversation, in our DM, we were talking about uh, briefly shame versus guilt. And yes. In our mind, I'm like, aren't they the same thing? <laughs> and, you know, you clearly told me it wasn't. But, you know, that, that led me to, you know look up the definition for myself. So, you know, I'm going to share that real quick. Yes. What Webster has to say. So, <laughs> Let's hear it. Right. <laughs> uh, so Webster's definition of shame, and obviously they have like multiple ones, is a painful emotion caused by consciousness of guilt, shortcoming, or impropriety. And then we have the definition of guilt which is feelings of deserving blame, especially for imagined offenses or from a sense of inadequacy. So Mm. inadequacy. 
So it's like these definitions are very similar, but yeah. they're not. And I yeah. think they're used in very different ways. So I won't necessarily yeah. go down the route of guilt, but you know, as far as shame goes, and you know, we get into our conversation now, what has been, you know, your relationship with shame? Yeah, so hearing those definitions is really interesting because uh, like I shared with you when we were planning for this, um, the definitions that have stuck in my mind over the last few years are from uh, Brene Brown, who is an um, author, speaker. She studies shame. Um, and she says that shame is when we feel like we are bad or wrong. And guilt is when we feel like we have done something bad or wrong. So guilt is more in the actions and shame is more in the being. And that really hit hard with me because when I tested positive for herpes, I just felt like my whole world was turned upside down and that I was no longer who I used to be. Um, so it was like my being and my identity had changed in a way that I couldn't really make sense of. Like all of a sudden I was bad or I was wrong. Um, and because it was, it felt so heavy, I kept it secret. Um, and I think where the overthinking came in was it just like kept me in this internal shame spiral um, that I just felt like I couldn't get out of. Wow. So where do you think, you know, let's take it back um, <laughs> before now. I mean, obviously these feelings of shame are not just out of the blue. It comes from, yeah. you know, how we were raised and the environment sure. we're in. So mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about at least your experience in understanding what shame is or yeah. was for you and how does that, you know, play a factor in your life? Yeah, I think it really comes down to expectation. Um, so what I thought I... Uh, was going to be either achieving in life or just like what my journey was going to be and then coming up against something that just um, like I wasn't prepared for and I think a lot of the way overthinking shows up for me is in planning at some point and this is something that like I've been talking with my therapist about more recently is just like wanting to understand like what Devin as a child was going through where she feels like now that um, she had to plan so much in order to feel safe. Um, and so I think um, the safety is was a, a big piece. Um, and just like specifically with dealing with an STI, it's just like, oh, all of the, the stuff that you learn about sex or, <laughs> or don't learn really <laughs> as a child and teenager, like um, – all of that in the media and all of that, that's, you know, what I'm up against. That's kind of what stigma is, right? Like mm -hmm. I've had to unlearn uh, and question a lot of things myself and then like relearn like, re slash teach myself um, what it is that I actually believe instead of just adopting um, what I've heard elsewhere. And that's been a lot of, a lot of the shame work that I've had to do. Um, yeah. I think, you know, there's <laughs> so much, but I mm -hmm. think a lot of like when you're talking about planning, I think that's a huge mm. part of it. 
but it, there's also this sense of you know as you're talking i'm thinking like why does everything has have to be like a i guess a right or a wrong as we're navigating yeah. life and i yeah. think if something is considered negative no matter what it is there mm-hmm. is this sense of something is to blame for this so it's either yeah. a person and an uh, event some things are not in our control some things are and i think when there are things that are within our control there is this level of okay you are guilty as far as the transaction part of it um you did this thing so it means you know you must be blamed for this but then there's this internalizing of it as well that becomes shame and then we start i guess in a sense to without anyone saying anything like i feel guilty or i feel like i did something wrong or i am wrong when there is really no one to blame i mean we're all just living life and things mm-hmm. happen and mm-hmm. we course correct and things like that but there is no sense of a perfect plan and yeah. when people feel like you have you know derails your plan or you're not doing what you're supposed to do that mm-hmm. somewhere you are at fault and a lot of yeah. times we take on the pressure of what other people's expectations of us have become so right. it sounds like you know that planning part i think is a huge part because also when you're going back to you know younger devin like you said <laughs> well you know what plans are we really having for our lives and who is influencing what those plans are you know yeah. i think a lot of for me as far as planning things i didn't really think about it in a a sense of what did i want to do until i was like damn near 30 yeah our past 30 <laughs> So Same. really, so you're living up to this plan that probably society has thrown up on you, family could have thrown up on you, friends, mm-hmm. who knows. And then when something doesn't go the way as expected, I guess, then for some reason now we got to feel, you know, shame about it. So it's yeah. it's it's interesting how it comes from, I think, a place that you weren't really in control of. So right. there is no need to feel shame because it's not, you know. Right. It's not your your thing, you know. So Yeah, it's not. It's just it's adopted stuff that we don't really dissect or figure out like where it came where it comes from until mm-hmm. like we have to. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like going back to I guess or well, coming back to now, mm-hmm. how do you feel that you Now I guess I'm kind of going ahead, but I'll go back. Too. But how do you navigate or what steps did you take to navigate mm. shame mm. in finding out, you know, you haven't you have herpes now? Yeah. Um well, <laughs> for the first about year and a half, I told three friends um and then didn't tell anybody else, didn't tell my family, um, would like go to work and feel like really low and have to like go cry in the bathroom or whatever, but just like not tell anybody what was going on because it felt so like um, just lost. And it's interesting thinking about it now, like I've gotten to a place of acceptance with it and I actually credit 
that experience a lot with who I am today and my growth and spirituality and those sorts of things. And um, sometimes people think it's crazy when I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't take getting herpes back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it actually brought a lot of really great stuff into my life. Um, but then it's like this this one thing just turned everything upside down. And so um, I got, I wasn't like dating because I didn't want to have to tell anybody about it. And then I got to a point where I was just like, tired of living a sh- as a sh- like a shell of my life and and tired of believing something that I wasn't sure I believed <laughs> like oh this means you're dirty oh this means that you won't be loved you know all of those sorts of things and so I like spent uh hundreds of dollars on like this weekend workshop <laughs> thing that's like it will help you work through all of your stuck places in your work and your relationships and whatever and i was like determined to leave that weekend with a breakthrough and i actually got up in front of this room full of strangers and i started <laughs> saying like i'm dealing with a medical problem and i just don't know and the woman who's leading the weekend is like listen if you want us to help you, you're going to have to actually say what's going on. So I said in front of a bunch of strangers that I had herpes and, you know, especially as an overthinker, I had this whole narrative of what would happen if people mm-hmm. knew, like they would look at me funny. They would not want to touch me. They wouldn't want to like share the knife I just used to get cream cheese at the mm-hmm. buffet, whatever, like <laughs> no one's going to want to sit next to me. And at the end of that, uh, me being on stage, the opposite happened. I had people come up to me saying, no way, me too. I just found out two months ago. I haven't met anybody else who's positive. Um, No way. I've known for 13 years and you're the first person I've ever told. Uh, And then strangers in, in that space came up all weekend and were like, I'm so proud of you. You're so brave. Can I give you a hug? And I was like, this is not only like the opposite of what I was thinking, but it's like even better uh, than whatever opposite would be. So like in that one experience, like blew my mind and what like limited imagination I had had kind of sitting in, in fear and in um, what I call doom dreams. They're like daydreams, but full of doom. Um, Mm -hmm. And, (laughs) and I was like, huh, I guess if all of this expectation slash stigma is based around what other people think it's based around fear of judgment and this small you know group that i've experienced now is doing the opposite then i can't live my whole entire life thinking that everyone is going to be my worst case scenario so i would much rather live in the free space um so that's how my experience went and and since then i've just been sharing my story and it's been really empowering to um kind of write write the narrative myself um and come up with my own ideas of what i do believe and use my voice in a way that um, i never really felt connected to before um so that and and community and actually like allowing myself to be supported by others and to support other people like i think one of the things that um another one of the things that i took away from Brene brown's work is she says that shame can't survive being spoken out loud it can't survive yes. being shared yes. um and so that's kind of been like the foundation of my work like the more i talk about this the more people know that they're not alone know that like like we feel like we're on the outside when we're dealing with something that 
um, is big or scary or, or, you know, we don't have a lot of um, background in. But in reality, like everyone's dealing with something big, scary, like everyone has shame about something. Um, and it's when we isolate that it, that it can consume us. So yeah, that's, that's a long no. answer. <laughs> no, that is great. It's so funny because, you know, in you talking, you kept mm. saying like your voice and, and, and mm. things like that. And I was going to ask you, like, what has it been like? I mean, I'm sure that you know, you being part of that group was only the beginning or maybe one yeah. or two times that you were able to actually speak and, and say, mm -hmm. you know, what was going on with you that you may be, you know, shameful about. So mm -hmm. what steps do you take or even just what does it look like for you when you are approaching things that may be shameful to get to the point where you are not only using your voice to call it out, but mm. also using your voice to embrace that thing and help others. So what has mm. that process been like for you kind of reclaiming, you know, I guess the shame? Yeah. yeah. I, um, it's been messy. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think that's important to acknowledge. <laughs> like, um, I remember early on wishing like, <laughs> can somebody please just give me like the formula of, for acceptance. Like, what do I have to mm. do? What steps do I need to take Tell in order to accept this? <laughs> yes. <me>. And move, <laughs> move right along because I can follow steps. Like I can do the things I have to do. I just don't know what to do. Um, and like it works. Uh, it's a lot of it has been trial and error, right? Like some people be like, oh, so does that mean that I need to tell the whole world that I have uh, mm -hmm. herpes or whatever it is? I'm like, no, that's not what it means. It just is, I was so desperate. I, I got up there and that's what happened for me. And, and using my voice has been um, something that's been really empowering, but that's not necessarily going to be everyone's journey or path. So um, for me, I've always been pretty self-aware. Um, and so I do a lot of journaling um, and I'm in therapy. Uh, so through those sorts of resources and tools, um, especially in therapy, because that's like the main place where I am unfiltered. Um, so allowing stuff that I like, like, oh, even if I told my, my, my best friend about this, I might feel a little bit judged, um, but still wanting myself to have that space um, to know that like, I am a human and um, my thoughts and feelings and emotions are valid. They're not always right <laughs> uh, on my own barometer of right and wrong, but they are valid. Um, and and uh, like holding myself with like an open hand through all of that. And it's not easy because I like yeah. control. I like, you know, be, like we like to be prepared for things. Um, and so it's, it's, it's hard to be able to just um, kind of like go along for the ride or ride the waves, um, but, you know, ups and, the ups and downs of life. Mm -hmm. Like <laughs> at one point I was like, oh, herpes is going to be my big thing. That's going to be the main thing that I have to go through in life. Oh, so and cute no. she was five years ago. Right, I'll say, and no. <laughs> That's a no. <laughs> so cute, so cute. Right. Um and just like being open to to the learnings and um, and I think just having faith in me for a long time I um, I don't have like an, an organized religion that I ascribe to but 
for a long time, I was just so jealous of people who believed like wholeheartedly in in something that gave them like peace and grounding. Um, and I've been working on what that looks like, uh, what it looks like to find that within myself. Um, not in a way that's like, oh, I am God, but like <laughs> in a way, in a way that um, helps me believe that like I can trust me. I can yeah. trust my voice. I can trust my decisions. I can, and, and that doesn't mean that they're going to be right or that there won't be pain or whatever, but it just For means sure. that like I can trust that I can be on this journey and, um, and I'll be okay. Yeah. I think part of that, you know, is realizing that there is a lot of power within us. So again, it's not mm -hmm. saying it's not saying we're God in the sense that we are better than anyone no, else. Yeah, or like yeah. I am the decision maker. I rule. Yeah. That's not what that would be. It's more so there are so many tools that we are born with, but also a lot of things that are put on us that we have to push mm. through to really mm -hmm. figure out what our true power is and how strong it is for our own lives and how us reclaiming our lives in that in that capacity really changes our environment and our environment yeah. is literally 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 <laughs> wherever <laughs> we are you know so yes. you know our environment can be you know the house we live in the environment can be our, our city our state our world and however far oh, that nice. goes mm -hmm. look it goes in and it goes out. <laughs> so, you know, I think us tapping into those things go out, goes outside of religion. So it's really cool to hear you talk about how you, you know, tap in outside of like a really vigorous, you know, to some people, uh, religious practice. Mm. So it's really cool. I was going to ask you, you know, as you're talking about earlier mm -hmm. about kind of, uh, being able to speak on certain things and not really feel the shame, but have, mm -hmm. has there been times where you're like, all right, I'm going to share this thing or whatever that thing is. And you're like, oops, uh, I'm probably should have kept that to myself or <laughs> I'm not ready to talk about that because some people can think, you know, living this shameless, you know, quote unquote, shameless life is, uh, almost like a carefree, oh, like there's yeah. still no, like there may not be overthinking with that. So it's like, oh, you know, this thing yeah. happened. So I'm just going to say it because oh, yeah. I'm shameless no. now. So <laughs> what, you know, has there been times where you're like, oh, my bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love this question. Uh, I am not shameless. Not at all. Um, oh. I am, I have worked through shame in certain areas of my life where I know inherently that like being STA positive does not, mean that I am any different than any other person like that is something that I hold um and believe full-heartedly um but I have like I shared a story last year I think it was I do live storytelling is kind of like um uh like comedy or open mic night but instead of like singing or doing a comedy thing like I'm just telling like a five to ten minute story um and I did one last year about um, being sexually assaulted. And I hadn't realized that I was sexually assaulted until I was uh, workshopping the story with a friend. And, um, and so it, it had a, a, like a new weight to it. And I, I 
it was a virtual story. I did the story and I've had the recording of it. Um, what is it? No, it's nay. I've probably had the recording of it for almost a year and I haven't shared it on um, social media, uh, which is something that I wouldn't normally do. You know, I, I tell stories so that people know that they're not, not alone, but there's something in this story that I just feel like, oh, I wish I had made different decisions. And so like, putting it out there and posting it where it will have some sort of like permanent life feels really risky to me. Um, and I am not pushing myself to like, oh, the goal is you have to post it because then you'll know that you're, you accept it or whatever. Like that's not, <laughs> um, that's not my overall like solution to all of my things now. Um, but it is something that I am, acutely aware of like once I'm I notice like oh this is something that I don't talk to people about a lot because I feel some sort of way about my role in it or um or or what I think it might mean about me and so that it just gets me to notice and pay attention um and I try to just um hold it with an open hand and and know that like there are some things that I share because I know that it will help other people um and then I'm still me in all of this too right so like yes that story might help other people uh I'm sure it would and at some point it might be out there but also I have to take care of me as well so yes uh I I think something that's important that I've learned through all of this is like being able to live in the gray area between black and white. Um, and I like, I'm not shame free. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. I try really hard to, to be aware of those things, but like, it's all of it is a process. It's uh, all a journey. Um, and it's, it's not always going to be like, um, it's not always going to be clear, no, you're right. but I'm just going to keep going through it. I get it. Thanks so much for sharing that because, like, yeah. again, I, I keep saying this all the time, but there there still is this sense of people feeling or society feeling that you cannot be multiple things. You know, if you can, mm -hmm. you know, live a, a life that doesn't allow shame to hold you back and still feel shame for certain things. Yeah, or, yeah for you know, sure have things that you're still working through and be an advocate mm -hmm. for certain things, mm -hmm. you know, like mm -hmm. those things um, can coexist. And I think the more that we embrace those things, we can allow people to actually live in the freedom of their individual lives. Cause no, no two lives are going to be mm. exactly the same. Like it's those that. nuances that makes our journey that much better. But yes. a lot of times we're not able to tap into it because we're thinking about what other people are, are going to say. Um, yeah. That shame part. Um, so, yeah, thanks so much for sharing that. Do you or yeah. what do you think? This is a very high level question because I don't know the answer. <laughs> but, okay. you know, why do you think people, well, let me go back. So I feel mm -hmm. that <laughs> to a degree, shame is kind of used to the only word I can think of is control people. What well, make people think this is right, this is wrong, do this, don't do that. But mm -hmm. why do you think that people sometimes use shame against other people, even people that you love? Mm. I think, 
I think it's a that heavy question. <laughs> yeah, and I there's a couple things that have popped in my head. So the first one is like, I think people have a fear of what they don't understand, um, and also people want to um, feel belonging. And so, um, if you don't fit in the mold or in what a certain group uh, believes is right or normal, then um, instead of like questioning themselves, people are more likely to just like put you on the outside until you decide that you're going to conform or change or what have you to be on the inside to belong. Um, and then, ooh, completely lost train of thought. You can cut this out. What's the question again? <laughs> <laughs> it was based, no, you're good. Um, basically, Sorry. no, you're fine. <laughs> or you can keep it in. It's, um, it's human, it's fine. <laughs> right, we're humans. No, the question was just like, why do you feel people use shame against other people, even if they yeah. like, love them? Yeah, I think I also think there's like because there's a fear of what we don't understand, it's like a way of taking care, right? Like my mom was so afraid for me when I told her I was going to talk uh, like publicly on social media about being herpes positive. Like she just wants me to be safe, and she wants me to be happy, and she knows that people on the internet can be mean and cruel, and that um, everybody has their own vision of what's right and wrong, and so. She just wanted me to be protected. Um, and and for me, I felt like everybody else who is positive and is hiding, like they need to be protected too. They need to know that they belong to and that their experiences are are valid and, and normal. Um, and so I think I, I quite honestly, which is part of what, what motivated me to write the show, it's just like, people if it's not in people's like realm of something that they have to deal with personally it's they're less likely to question things on their own generalization but just you know um and so that's why i'm like well why don't i try to reframe and bring it to people just so they can start you know, seeing this this one thing a little bit differently, um, give people yeah. a little bit of a platform and opportunity to question why, um, you know, they've thought this one thing for so long. Um, yeah. That makes yeah. sense. You know, I, <laughs> I, I know it's a pretty random question, but I was thinking about, you know, growing up for myself, feeling shame all the time. And, mm. you know, sometimes it would be around a thought of identity. Like, mm. you know, if you are these things, that's how you're supposed to operate. And anything yeah. that's not that thing, you should feel bad for. And, mm -hmm. you know, in your conversation, you talked a lot about um, kind of operating in silence, not telling anyone. Mm you're still kind of, you know, you, you have your own thoughts of shame, but also mm -hmm. you're constantly seeing things that remind you or makes you feel that you should still feel shame. 
And, you know, a lot of it can be, well, most of it is all made up. So I'm just like, well, why do people do that? That doesn't make any (laughs) sense to me. Like, you know, if these are things that you may be going through, why would you shame someone else for Mm -hmm. doing or feeling the exact same way when it's something that you feel as well? So I don't have the clear answer on that, but, you know, that's kind of where that question came from. It reminds me, I once had a conversation with a stranger on the train in LA and he asked me, what do you think like the one thing is that the world needs in order to be a better place? And the first thing that popped into my mind was um, if people didn't have a fear of judgment from others. Yes. Like if we truly Mm -hmm. didn't care what other people thought about us can you imagine the freedom and the space of of thought and creation and like and love um and and like what little not Mm -hmm. little but like less fear and 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 being guarded and and having all of those worries that come come up around like what will people think of me will people leave um you know all of that stuff and I, I try to think about that when something is scaring me <laughs> or when I'm in overthought about, should I do this? Should I do that? Um, how should I uh, broach this really difficult conversation um, with somebody? I'm like, okay, if you weren't afraid of what other people thought about you, what would you do? And then I work backwards from that. Like I might not be able to do that big thing, yeah. but there are steps that I can take that'll get me closer to it. Uh, and, and that is a tool that I've come up with that I try to use to like help me stay in alignment. Um, doesn't happen all the time, but sometimes it's really helpful. Oh, that's <laughs> a great thing. Cause I'm like, I would be like, I can't, I don't understand. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so my, you know, we're wrapping up here, mm-hmm. but I kind of want to know, um, how do you, hmm, I guess I, this is not really the end. I have like two questions. In the back. <laughs> okay. But um, <laughs> how do you switch the, the shame narrative? How do you, mm. you know, take that thing that, I think most mm. of the things that we would feel shame for, shame mm. for, we deem as a negative thing. So yeah. how do you, whatever that thing is, take mm. that, redefine what it means for you and Mm -hmm. then, you know, represent it as something that you you may not feel shame about. Yeah. I love a good writing exercise. So I, I remember I made like a T chart and T chart. um, (laughs) Yes. Take it back. (laughs) And on one side I wrote, um, things I know to be true about me. And then on the other side I wrote, uh, like things, uh, I like things other people believe about herpes or whatever it was. And I, you know, filled them in and then was able to visually see on this page of things that I created that came from my own brain, whether they were things I believed or, or I had picked up from someplace and was able to see the difference, right? Like things I know to be true about me, I am loving and I am vibrant and I am, um, worthy of belonging and, you know, all of those things. And then the other side of like things people believe about herpes, they're dirty. They shouldn't be in relationships with people who don't have herpes, all this stuff. And I'm like, that 
doesn't vibe that doesn't align at all like i can see here who i am and what i believe about me and that's not what this is and so that doing that was like really really that was like a big turning point for me um before i ever even got up on that stage and and said anything out loud but it was like oh okay it's like the steps that you took to even get to that point yeah yeah um to be able to to just see like i've spent all this time circling in my head believing all these things here that i don't actually believe who knew wow yeah that's (laughs) most of us why Mm -hmm. am i thinking this yeah (laughs) who taught me this where did this come from how do i get this out of my brain (laughs) yo that's the story of our lives you know i feel like we're always using kind of the same terminology especially i mean i would feel like this generation and you know people who are trying to change their minds about ways of thinking that are not serving them anymore but Mm -hmm. unlearning is key Mm -hmm. Loving Mm -hmm. yourself is key. Understanding how you feel specifically about something is key. And Mm -hmm. I think the more that we do those things, we start tapping into, um, you know, purpose and the things that we're supposed to to be doing, whatever that is. So, you know, I I think it's cool that you're, you're finding your way in that way. And you're also, you know, being open and Mm. sharing steps like, how do you do this? Because the shit ain't easy at all no. like <laughs> you know there's people <laughs> you know who overthink and allow you know really small things that they may feel shame about to really start to stifle their growth and where they're going so mm. you know there are big things or small things are all relative to you know who we are as people yeah. but you know they all matter but yeah. they also just you know, as far as the, the stigma behind them or the shame that's associated with them, it's just made up, y'all. But yeah. that doesn't make it any easier. But it is. No, just yeah. <laughs> and um, that's like so frustrating when you realize, like, huh, I get to change the reality. I get yes. to choose. But also, why is it still so hard? I know hard. I get to choose. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Our lives. <laughs> yeah. Really. <laughs> so, you know, do you have any like, parting words for the people on this topic um you know it could be words of advice or just a, a final thought or anything like that yeah yeah I think my let's see final thought or words of advice how about both I think my mm-hmm. final thoughts slash words of advice would yes. be um <laughs> uh talk to somebody like wow. whether it's a friend or a family member or a therapist or a online support group or whatever it is like life is hard and humans are not meant to go through it alone um so and and if you're struggling with something i promise you out of the billions of people in the world you are not the only one um and there's so much i have found and you know people in my community have found so much solace in being with others who get it um so that's something that i would say about shame and just like it's gonna be a process i truly did believe like oh i got over this mountain this is my mountain now i've learned all the things Mm -hmm. um i'm learning all the things all the time and i i find myself sometimes frustrated like girl didn't we learn this already (laughs) um (laughs) and then and then it just keeps coming up again and right (laughs) and so it's like i gather new tools and learn new ways to approach things but like i think 
unrealistically, my goal was like to um, eradicate shame or like to completely like get rid of herpes jokes. Like I, that's not realistic, but I just want to put a different uh, narrative out there. I want to um, just feel like I have the agency or ability to to work toward growing in some way in my life. It doesn't mean that like um, all of a sudden I'm not going to feel shame or not going to worry about other people's expectations, but it does mean I just have a little bit more awareness and um, a few more tools to work through that stuff when it comes up. Um, yeah. And then sometimes I'm also just tired and it's just like, oh, shame is just here full force. Mm-hmm. We'll try again tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and all of that, like all of that is okay and it's normal. Yeah. Oh, I also want to share real quick. My Mm -hmm. I asked my therapist last week because I was (laughs) I told her it's exhausting in my brain sometimes. And I just wish I could like turn the volume down a little bit. And then I asked her, I was like sort of jokingly, like, what is it like for normal people? And she said to me, I don't know any normal people. And I just Mm. loved that answer so much. I don't know if she was aware of what she was saying or if she knew it was exactly what I needed to hear. Um, But it was just like... It is normal. Yeah, all our our normals are normal. Like, whatever you are, whoever you be, like, you are normal. Yes. I just felt a universe hug. (laughs) That's what I felt like. (laughs) I love that. Yes. (laughs) That's so cool. And like, you know, going to your point of talking to people, I think it's just, again, what you're doing as far as shame in general, I know you're talking specifically about, you know, the herpes topic, but Mm -hmm. I think the more, whatever those things are that we feel shame about, the more we hear about them. And I think the more we have a face to it, it starts to change things a little bit around whatever that topic is so you know when you're talking about jokes i think sometimes jokes are just you know you put them in the air and you don't think about it but what if you're thinking about someone who may be dealing with that thing or identify as this other thing yeah now you have a whole nother responsibility now you know mm-hmm. and i think mm-hmm. the more you know we have these conversations the more we realize like there's nothing that you know there's no isolated instance or whatever of shame that you don't know it can be degrees of separation fine but dealing with that thing and i think the more we do that and share our stories the more we can kind of you know have more humanity and compassion for people and again just start living our lives because a lot of that stuff is it's meant to stifle people from just being who they're supposed to be keep us small yeah keep your head down and like no head is up don't have time for that head is up yep (laughs) (laughs) so cool Devin thank you so much for you know our talk um Uh, our overthought talk it was amazing Um, (laughs) thank you for having me I thoroughly enjoyed this for sure um so for our listener question this mm. month, you know, this mm-hmm. month is Mental Health Awareness Month. So I'm asking everyone, you know, kind of the same question, but what steps do you take to check in with your, your mental health? Mm, great question. Um, I 
I've started meditating recently. I have tried to meditate for years and was just like, well, this doesn't mm-hmm. work for me. <laughs> um, and I, re- I recently found an app that does work for me. Um, and so I try to make sure I take the time for that. I um, take breathing breaks. Uh, I did, did this with a friend over, um, like there's a video recording app where you can just send your friends videos. Um, and I was getting really excited about something. And in the middle of it, I was like, okay, just let me pause and breathe. And he reflected back to me afterward. He was like, I'm not sure if you realize that you just did a reset in the middle of the conversation, but he's, he's yes. a teacher. He was like, I really wish I could just show this to my students so they can see what I mean <laughs> when I say just take a breath. Um, and so I've been trying to do that. Uh, when I'm feeling really overwhelmed, I'll, I'll journal or I'll do what I call like a brain dump. When it's like, oh my gosh, I have a thousand and one things to do for work and I have to do this and I have to do that, but I need to exercise and this, that, and the other thing. And I'll just like dump it all out, write it all out on the page. Um, and then just, okay, choose one. Uh, and then overall, I've been telling people this recently and this I have no shame about. Um, have you seen <laughs> Frozen 2? I have not. Okay, so Frozen 2 is like my Bible. Okay, <laughs> tell us more. <laughs> tell us more, because there are two songs in particular. One is um, just do the next right thing. So that's oh. something I do a lot. I remember a lot when I'm feeling overwhelmed or um, like spinning in, okay, what, sh- what should I do? And then another one is, uh, the song is called Show Yourself. And the line that hits me every time, seriously, every time I watch the movie, I cry at this one line, is she says, you're the one you've been waiting for all of your life. Um, and and so that's a preach. That- yeah, right. <laughs> and I love it. Like, teach the kids, please, right. when they're young. I think this movie was right. made for adults, love but also, if kids happen to get this message, I love it. Um, <laughs> and that just reminds me, like, when I'm feeling in doubt or like I don't know what to do, or like there is some strength in me, and um, and I I have everything that I need to in order to move forward from where I am right now. Yeah. That was great advice. <laughs> I was going to ask you too, like in, I mean, some people may not like to write. I'm not a huge mm-hmm. writer. I like to write, yeah. but I'm not a huge writer. Do you think, yeah. um, you know, a lot of us have voice memos and things like that. Mm-hmm. Do you ever use that as a way of release? Mm. Um, I... Or what do you think about it? Yeah, no, I think that whatever, because I talk to people often who are like, yeah, I don't write. I don't like journaling. I just don't do it. Um, and so I'm like, you could film yourself, leave yourself a little video notes. Some people like to call themselves and leave voicemails, mm-hmm. um, voice memos, send yourself text messages, like whatever avenue works for you. If you're like an artist and you want to draw, um, there are ways to adapt sort of like journal prompts um, to to work better for you. So yeah, I would say gotcha. voice memo sounds great. Cool. And then it's like easily accessible to like return back to because it's on your phone and you can label them like for when you have doubt about this or for when you're overthinking about this. And then they're just there for you in your own voice reminding you of you. Yeah, I feel like when I do that, I, I don't want to go back. <laughs> 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 Like I don't, I don't delete it, but I'm just like, Mm. I know what I was feeling at that time. Mm -hmm. I don't know. 
but yeah maybe maybe it could be an exercise to kind of revisit but i don't know i'll think about it and what yeah and what i like about that is like just try you know like right, it's like right. you can you have it there and then if you want to you can listen back to it and then if you don't want to you don't have to uh and we get to choose like that's a big word for me recently too like we get to choose what works yes, for us what we, we want do. there's no like people can tell you what's right or wrong or what they think you should do or whatever but we ultimately get to choose exactly that's what i'll be telling y'all y'all have the yes. choice <laughs> say this every day um cool so tell us um where we can find you if you want us yeah, to find you i do um you can find me on instagram at love always dev um and then you can find me on my website it's devin elisewilson.com i put out a survey last year just asking people like if there was a tv show about herpes would you want to watch it mm-hmm. <laughs> um and I got a good amount of responses from people in 49 states, still waiting hey. for Alaska, and 41 countries. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's just been really encouraging um, to to see that people would love to, to see this story told. And also, I put a bunch of like optional questions for people who are positive, like, tell me a little bit more about your experiences so I can use it in my writing. And I didn't think anyone was really going to do it. And so many people have used the space to tell me about their experiences. Um, so yeah, if anyone is listening and is interested in watching a TV show about shame, please go to my website or link in bio and take my survey. <laughs> yes, I will take it as soon as we get Yes, <laughs> yay, thank you, thank you. Cool. <laughs> yeah, so is there anything else you want to share with the people? Um, thank you for listening. I hope mm. you feel, um, seen and or heard. I love it. So before you leave, though, we have to play our last segment, which is called Team Who. (laughs) So let me see. Let me see. So this is something a lot of people know about. Um, Mm -hmm. So I don't know what your work situation is now, but Mm -hmm. so we're going to say that, you know, pandemic hits. Mm. Everyone has to work from home. It's been a crazy Mm -hmm. year. Um, But now everything is reopening again. And, you know, you get a survey about Mm -hmm. going back to the office (laughs) or continuing to work from home. So today's team who is, are you team work from home or are you team go back to the office? Work from home. Mm. Okay, we're going to have a bonus clip about that because, you know, I need to know. Yes. (laughs) Cool. So, unfortunately, we have to say bye. Bye. This has been so fun. It was. Devin, thanks so much for joining the show. Remember to subscribe to The Great Overthinker on Apple and Spotify Podcasts. And also be sure to follow us on Instagram at our handle, The Great Overthinker. If you have any listener questions or would like to inquire about being a guest on the show, visit our website at thegreatoverthinker.com. Okay, y'all. Enjoy your day. Have a great week, a great weekend. And until next time, bye. Bye, Devin. Bye, bye Jasmine. <laughs> bye. <laughs>